0: In 1978, Fred Pratt Green wrote the words to the hymn and song, God is Here, and it starts like this, God is here, as we, as we or people meet to offer praise and prayer, may we find in fuller measure what it is in Christ we share. Here, as in the world around us, all our varied skills and arts wait the coming of the Spirit into open minds and hearts. Here are symbols to remind us of our lifelong need of grace. Here our table, font, and pulpit. Here the cross has central place. Here in honesty of preaching, here in silence as in speech, here in newness and renewal, God the Spirit comes to each. This place and this space that we enter into is a is a space and place of encounter of God. Yes, we we encounter God in our lives in a variety of different ways, but it is here in this place that we intentionally seek God. It is here that we set aside our planners, our cell phones, our work week, our cares for today and our worries for tomorrow. It is here in this moment and in the moments to come that we intentionally set apart for the sole purpose of encountering God. So let this be a time of encounter this morning as we stand and let's join our voices together in praise and worship of God. Well, friends, today we find ourselves in week two of our Lenten series titled, Come Follow Me. And last week, Pastor Rod shared and talked about the calling of the first disciples and what it means to be interrupted by Jesus. Today we're going to look at how we grow in faith, in our time and in our culture. And we're going to build off last week's message in Jesus' words where he said, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. We're going to explore explore what it means today at Redeemer to grow as fearless followers of Jesus Christ. What does it look like to grow spiritually? We're going to explore the process of spiritual growth, and as we do, we'll discover, in fact, that spiritual growth is a process, um, and that we share many milestones with other people of faith as well. We will soon recognize also that each of us come to encounter the life-transforming power of Christ and then choose to engage God in that life-transforming presence, and we grow intentionally in some specific ways. This encounter and engagement with God transforms us, and our lives are forever changed. Let's take a moment and be in prayer together, shall we? Awesome God, God of us all, we come before you this day seeking to know you and to understand you more. God, we ask that you would invade this place that you would give us an encounter today here in this space, that you would invade our hearts and lives that we would be moved, transformed, and found new in your love and in your grace. It's in your son Jesus' holy name that we pray and everyone said, amen. Well, last week, Pastor Rod taught on taking our first steps in faith, and he spoke of the, the process we engage in as individual followers of Christ. And looking at the stories of Jesus' calling of the first disciples from Matthew and from Luke, we encountered four steps of engaging Jesus Christ, of following Jesus Christ. First, we are to listen to Jesus, to gain more insight and knowledge of who God is. Second, we were taught that we need to loan Jesus our boat. We need to be willing to have our lives interrupted and inconvenienced for the sake of the kingdom. Third, we learned that we have to go fishing. We, have to, we need to take a step forward and, and, and get involved, allowing God to take charge and to change us as we grow. Fourth, we have to be willing to leave everything behind. We have to be willing to do whatever it takes for the greater good of reaching more people for Jesus. Most importantly, last week, we talked about this, this process The reality of this process is that the followers, the first followers of Jesus, didn't follow because they had deep faith. They followed and then developed great faith. Unlike other religions that say, change your life and then follow, Jesus says, come follow me and I will change your life. Today we're going to explore this process. We're going to look at what it looks like in 2018. How do we become fearless followers of Jesus Christ right now and in our culture. More importantly, how do we do it here at Redeemer? What does our process look like today for us? What may be surprising to some, but unsurprising to others, is that the process Jesus used over 2,000 years ago is the same process that we use in our lives today. So I'm going to use the word process A lot this morning because Jesus didn't haphazardly develop his disciples. And while he may not have articulated the design or his design at the moment, he developed his disciples through a process. The life of following, or life of faith, is a continual process of growth toward maturity. No matter how long you follow Jesus in your life, we are all growing toward spiritual maturity. Today is an exciting day for me as a pastor here at Redeemer because months ago, um, during the Miracle Sunday follow-up event, Pastor Rod shared with you some of the vision of what was to come for our church, for our faith community. And one of the vision components that, that Pastor Rod shared was the development of our intentional process for guiding and growing as people of faith. For months now, we have been praying over, researching, and designing, and developing our process here at Redeemer with a simple goal of articulating how we intentionally grow in our spiritual lives. The goal is simple. How do we grow intentionally in our time, in our culture, here at Redeemer? And this is a work in process. It is by no means complete, and it will continue to evolve as we grow as a faith community. Today, I want to take you on a journey of spiritual growth, the plan and process of how we grow. We're going to see how God works, how we respond and how the church how the church supports our spiritual growth. Understanding this is not as important not only for our personal lives, but it's important in the church universal to understand this process. It's so important in fact that it's going to be taught at the 180 turnaround conference here in a few weeks. And it's going to be a part of our visioning and framework for our new life groups launch that's coming this fall for adult ministries. So each of us is a work in progress. We're all a work in progress. We don't wake up one morning and all of a sudden, hey, I'm a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. It's a process that we go through. Now, Wesley, John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, um, believed that it was possible to be instantaneously sanctified or, or, or made holy. But he also understood that for most of us, it's a lifelong endeavor. In my life, I have found my spiritual life ebb and flow. Um, my spiritual life has not been a checklist of religious practices completed, instead it has been fluid. It's, it's been constantly changing and a nebulous, if you will, of experiences and growth. I grew up in a federated church that was both Methodist and Presbyterian, and I was baptized at two years old with my siblings. I participated in every church activity that the church had to offer. If it was happening at the church, I was there. Whether it was worship, Sunday school, family camps, summer camps, you name the activity, and I was there. But faith didn't become real to me until I was a young teenager. It was at Wesley Woods camp as a middle schooler where I encountered God's grace in my life. It happened on Thursday night. Those of you who know Wesley Woods know that Thursday night is communion. And Pastor Scott Otis was officiating communion. And as I came forward to receive the sacrament as a a young middle school boy, Pastor Scott said, Tim, this is your peace. And in that moment, I experienced the life-giving, transforming power of Christ in my life. And I knew that Jesus died for me. But, like so many, I drifted from my faith. I did. Faith was still important to me in my life, and I went to church, but it was not primary. I graduated from high school and went off into the military, and it wasn't until Operation Enduring Freedom while deployed that the hole in my life overwhelmed me, and I found myself seeking God once again. I remember walking across the base after a 36-hour shift and stumbling into the base chapel. And I'll tell you, I have no idea what the chaplain was preaching on. I'm sure it was an amazing sermon, but I don't remember it. All I remember is that I once again encountered God in a real, tangible way. And that encounter with God called me back into my life of faith. After that encounter with God, I knew that that if I did not engage with God again, I would lose it I would lose it. You see, encountering God was one thing, but disengagement from God is what led to my drifting in the first place. And so I knew I had to engage with God. I knew that if I didn't, I would drift away again. And so I joined, I joined a single men's group. The leader's name was Roger. Uh, Roger was an air traffic controller from American Samoa, and he had a unique perspective on life and faith that I had never experienced before. And Roger taught this group, but more so, he, he took me under his wing, and he taught me what it meant to be a person of faith, what it, how to live out my faith in my life. And I'll be honest, if it were not for that group of young men, I guarantee you, I would have disengaged from God again. When I returned from my deployment, I found a church. And I saw opportunities where I could express my faith in the community. And as I engaged and grew in relationships with God and others, I began to express my faith in new and different ways. I I started to serve in the church to give more of myself. I began to influence the world around me. And when I look back, when I look back over my life of faith, a process emerges. And, And an order of events become apparent that I went through as I grew spiritually. I truly believe that most of us could tell a similar story. The names and the places and the dates would change, but the process is the same. At some point in our lives, we come to experience the awesome presence of God. We have an awesome experience of the life transforming power of God in our world, and and then we choose to engage with God, and we grow and we develop, and that growth leads to expressing our faith in a new way. I've been here for eight months. And I've seen this process happening here, too. It's already happening. For several months now, we've been working on our spiritual growth plan, which you can see a sneak peek at it in your worship folder. There's an insert that's titled spiritual growth plan if you want to follow along on that to see where we're going today. But the spiritual growth plan is a process that can be simply understood by everyone here at Redeemer. Whether you're a seasoned adult or a newcomer to faith, the, the goal is to help All of us focus on our faith development. Some of us will be at the beginning stages of a relationship with Jesus. Others will be seeking to go deeper in their faith. And some of us will be somewhere in the middle. Each of us here today will find ourselves at a different place in the spiritual growth plan because we are each different places. We are each in different places in our spiritual lives. And that's okay. We're going to take time to break down this process. We're going to look at the process of growing spiritually. And I'm going to ask you to identify where you are in this spiritual growth process. So that you know where your next step is. To begin to understand this process, our spiritual growth plan, we must understand what we're doing right now. You see, the beginning of our life of faith does not start with our actions, They start with God's actions. The starting point of a life of faith is God's action in our life. When Pastor Rod taught last week about Jesus' calling of the first disciples, recall the words of Jesus to Peter, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. From Jesus' first calling of the first disciples to Jesus' calling to us today, our journey of faith begins with an encounter of God. We encounter God. Now, on the three stages of our spiritual growth plan, encounter is first, and it is intentionally first, because each of our journeys of faith begin not in what we have done, but in what God has already done for us. And that first encounter can blow us away. It can blow us away as we experience the new life-giving presence of God. But the first encounter is never the last encounter. We continually encounter God and experience the overwhelming presence of God in our lives. So in order to mature in our experience, our encounter with God, we must continue to participate in the encounter event. And that's what we're doing here, right now. Worship. Worship is the intentional place where we gather with the sole purpose of encountering God. That's what we're here for. We sing songs of praise that glorify God. We worship. As we do, we open ourselves to the encounter of God in this place. Now, some of, you may, some of you may not be here this morning or may not have come with the intention of encountering God. Some of you may have been dragged here by a loved one who said, you're going to church. That's okay. Understand the reason why you are dragged here is because that person loves you enough to desire that you know and the experience and the richness of God's love that they know or are seeking. It's okay to be unsure why you are here because that's where we all begin. That's where we all begin. You see, we intentionally design everything about worship to provide a place and space for the encounter of God. From the spoken word, to the music that's played, to the videos that are projected, to the lighting, to the person who greets you at the door or opens the door for you, every single part of worship is designed to create a space and place for you to encounter God. That's why we're here. So if you're new to faith, you're in the right place. Everyone is welcome. Come as you are. This is the place for you to experience God. And if you're ready to begin the journey of faith, the first thing you need to do to get started is to make worship a part of your weekly pattern. You grow deeper by engaging in the worship experience, and the music, and the message, and in the prayers. You begin to make connections with the people around you. And as you live into the fullness of the worship encounter with God, you begin to move your attention away from yourself and into the all-consuming presence of Christ. And when you do that, you stand upon the threshold of, the Christ, of a Christ centered life in worship. It all begins with an encounter of God. Worship is the place where we intentionally encounter God, but a life of faith, a life of faith is so much more than one hour on Sunday morning. So, the second stage of our spiritual growth plan is to engage. How do we intentionally engage in the love and life of Jesus Christ? You see, spiritual growth is an intentional process. Having encountered God in worship, we must then choose to engage with God. And there are three ways, three ways, primary ways that we choose to engage with God, with the love and life of Jesus Christ, and that's scripture, prayer, and life groups. These three methods of engagement with God are spiritual practices or, or spiritual disciplines that we live out in our lives. Now, Scripture is one that I have taught on regularly, continually, as a primary way that we engage with God. And everyone starts somewhere. Most do not begin with an in-depth study of the Bible. If I were to tell you as a new believer that, okay, you want to follow Jesus, read this whole book. There's 66 books, really, but you've got to read them all and tell me what it means by next Tuesday. Most of you would say, no, thank you, Tim. I choose a pass on that one. We don't start exploring the phase of engaging God in Scripture by just picking up the Bible and reading it. The place to start is just reading a devotional regularly. Read stories of faith and experience of God that's interlaced with Scripture. Gets your feet wet. But it's not the fullness of the scriptural practice. When you're ready to get started, it's time to pick up the Bible and begin to read, read a gospel. I recommend reading the gospel of Mark. It's, it's only 16 chapters long and provides a quick reading of the gospel story. And when you're ready to go deeper, read a, the, a book like The Divine Mentor by Wayne Cordero. It, it provides a plan, a way of reading and engaging with God's word that will produce great fruit in your life. And some of that fruit that the book will produce is the depth of your experience of God as you pr- practice engagement with Scripture in your life daily. And you can even record it in a life journal. I promote that because that's what I do. I love my life journal. A life centered on Christ is a life where God's teaching invades your day-to-day living. I know that some of you read your Bible every day, and I also know that many of you would like to read your Bible every day. Regardless, as we engage with God and Scripture, we are led to embody God's teaching in our life. And As we engage in the Scriptures, our lives are transformed. Prayer is another way that we intentionally engage with God. Similar to our ability to engage with God in Scripture, we must grow in our ability to engage in prayer. So when we explore this phase of of a life of prayer, we simply begin and end each day in prayer. First thing in the morning, say a quick prayer to start your day. Before your head hits the pillow at night, say a quick prayer before you go to sleep. This intentional time with God in prayer sets the stage for growth in prayer as a spiritual discipline. As we get started with prayer as a practice in our life, our prayers become more specific. We begin to see, seek God's guidance in our life. And as we go deeper into this practice, we become more intentional with our prayer time. Intention being a key term, intentional. Ultimately, the desire is again to live a Christ-centered life. And we do this in our practice of prayer as we begin to set aside time for silence and solitude. And this time allows us not only to commune with God, but to center our daily lives around God. The third practice, the third way that we intentionally choose to engage with God as we grow spiritually is through intentional accountability groups. these groups are known by a variety of names. Um, some people call them small groups or cell groups or cluster groups or covenant groups or Wesley groups. Whatever you want to call them, I like to call them life groups because I think that defines what happens there. Regardless of what you call them, the intention is the same, creating a small community where life can be lived together. They offer accountability and growth with other people as, they, as you walk your life of faith together. And this is an essential part of our development as followers of Christ. And as you see in your insert, um, this part of the process is still under revision. In the coming months, we will be giving more information about our launch of our new adult ministry that's launching this fall. And there'll be some things coming in the summer as well. Like this pathway, this process, we've spent months developing and designing a new way of engaging and living out our life as of faith together to bring Sunday into the rest of our week. Each of us come to encounter God and worship, and then we make the steps of intentional engagement with God in three specific areas. First, we engage with Scripture. We engage with the stories that teach us about faith. We engage with God through prayer as we commune with God. Third, we engage with God through life groups that provide us accountability and partners in our journey of faith. So having encountered God and engaging with God in our lives, our lives are transformed. As we grow in our spiritual disciplines, our experience of God, we are not left the same. We know this and we say it, but it is true that God meets us wherever we are. But God does not leave us the same way that he found us. So having encountered and engaged with God and finding ourselves transformed, we we respond through the expressions of our faith. Understand the dynamic here. We encounter, we choose to engage, and are transformed, and then we express that transformation. The final stage in our spiritual growth plan is titled Express. Having been transformed by God, we express faith in new ways. One way that we express our faith is through service. Now, I'm not talking about moral or good works for the sake of moral or good works, I'm talking about service because your life has been changed, as an expression of your faith. I'm talking about the embodiment of your faith. I'm talking about service because God has changed your life. Service opportunities often become the on-ramp for many people entering into relationship with Christ. But the service experience is, is the doorway to the beginning of this process of encounter. Remember, encounter is the beginning of the process. The way that God has reached out to us Service opportunities often get us to the door, to that threshold to making a decision or commitment to Christ. But it is the encounter that begins our spiritual journey and our choice to follow. So one of the elements of the expression of our faith is service, and and you begin anywhere. You begin exploring service any way that you would like to. Serve anywhere. You try it out. The only way you're going to know if you're called to serve in a particular area is to serve in that area and find out. And it is okay, it is okay if you serve in an area and, and you say, this is not for me, because you don't know until you try. You don't know until you try it out and see if this is what God has called you to do. The way you truly get started is by assessing your spiritual gifts, and we do this in our new member orientation class. You take a spiritual gifts inventory, and, and you take the spiritual gifts inventory, and then we try to connect you in places in the church where you can live out your gifts, once you know your spiritual gifts, you go deeper by committing to serve on an ongoing basis in your gifted area. This means that you commit to living out your gifts and your faith through service. The ultimate expression of our faith through service, the way that we live out service in a Christ-centered life, is to live as a servant leader every day. And Jesus sets the standard for this. He says in, Mar- in Matthew 23:11, the greatest among you must be a servant. Servant leadership is the ability to lead through serving others. A second way that we express our faith is through generosity. And this is all about money today, and I'm going to tell you why. Money is something that we all struggle with. Whether you have a lot of money or you only have a little bit of money, we all struggle with money because money is what allows us to have tangible things in life because we can have tangible things in life. Jesus taught on money a lot. And in Matthew 6, he says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. He also said, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Here's the point. Our ability to be generous... And to give that which is most important to us is a direct representation of our spiritual maturity. For this reason, you don't have to begin exploring generosity by tithing. You start by simply giving something. By learning where money is used and where it goes. And when you're ready to get started expressing your faith, hear that, when you're ready to get started expressing your faith, You start to give consistently, meaning you budget a specific amount of money each week that you're going to get. Now, this is not a percentage gift. It's it's simply a specific amount. And when you do, it becomes a forethought. You think about doing it, and you do it intentionally, which is different than than giving as an afterthought. And once you start giving consistently, you, you go deeper by committing to work toward a tithe. Now, a pastor friend of mine taught me about a tithe when I was younger in my faith. I had read the scriptures and I knew um, scripturally why 10%, but I I wanted to know why from a heart point of view I needed to give 10% or make that my goal. And and he told me two things that I want to share with you. He said, first, 10% hurts. He told me 10% hurts. If you make $200 a week, 20 bucks is a lot and it hurts. If you make $2,000 a week, $200 is a lot, and it hurts. You feel 10%. And then he said, secondly, he simply said, Tim, if you can't make it on 90%, you're not going to make it on 100 And you can take that for what it means to you. It was very life-giving to me in those moments. Living a Christ-centered life through the expression of generosity is not, a fo- is not focused on 10%, though. Living a Christ-centered life means living generously in all that we do. It it may even mean giving more than 10%, because in Scripture, the tithe, the 10% of the first fruits that is given is a minimum. We often look at 10% as the goal, and for most of us, it is our goal. But living a Christ-centered life of generosity means being willing to give more of ourselves when God calls us to. So finally, the third expression of our faith that we embody is our influence. And I love this word, influence. How do you influence the world around you? How does your life demonstrate the character traits of Christ and change the world around you? How do you influence other people? We begin exploring this element of expression of our faith by simply inviting people to come and see. Come and see. Come and see what goes on here. Come and see what Christ is doing in my life. Come and see with me. As we get started in our ability to influence, we begin to articulate our own story. How have you encountered God? How have you engaged with God in Scripture, prayer, and life groups? How has your life changed through the expression of your faith, of service, and generosity? Your story becomes an invitation to others to start this process, to encounter God. And as you grow and go deeper, the way that you talk about your faith changes. Instead of talking about faith as unknowns with, with pessimism or sarcasm, you begin to speak about faith in healthy ways. The intention of the conversation becomes about sharing the good news, sharing the stories of life, that life doesn't have to be the way that it was. And as you live a Christ-centered life, and you express your faith through the influence that you have on others, you will find yourself helping others articulate their stories of their life, how they have encountered God, how they have engaged with God, and in doing so, how they have been transformed by the saving grace of God, and how they, because of that life transformation that they experienced, they begin to express their faith in new and different ways by being generous and influencing the world around them as they serve as an expression of their faith. You see, structurally, structurally, the the, the spiritual growth plan is linear. You start with the encounter of Christ. You intentionally choose to engage with the love and life of Jesus Christ through scripture, prayer, and life groups. Because of your encounter and your engagement, you begin to express your faith through service, generosity, and influence. But it is so much more than a linear process. And it's so much more than a horizontal growth. You see, we circle and we flow through this process as we grow. We evolve in our faith because God does not stop reaching out to us. We, we continually encounter Christ. And as we engage with God, we continually encounter God. As we express our faith, we continue to grow in our faith. This is not a checklist with boxes to complete. This is not a roadmap with definite start and finish. This is a basic plan, a starting point, with a few practical steps. It's not the end-all be-all of spiritual growth, and it will continue to evolve and to grow with us as we grow as a faith community, but it is a place to start. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your insert out right now, and I'd like you to identify where you are in this process. For the six elements that you see there, encountering God in worship, engaging God in scripture, engaging God in prayer, expressing faith through service, expressing faith through generosity, expressing faith through influence. Where do you see yourself today? Are you in the exploring phase? In each of those categories. Are you in the getting started phase? Are you going deeper? Are you living a Christ-centered life in that area? And you'll find you're in different places, probably, in each element, and that's okay, because if you don't know where you are, you don't know where you're going to go next. We are works in progress, and God is not finished with us yet, and Jesus' invitation is as much for you and for me as it was for Peter and Andrew, because Jesus called out to them, and, and he calls out to us too. And he says, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Let's pray together. Holy God, we know that you are not finished with us yet. We have heard your calling in our life, and we know that we must choose to follow. Lord, we encounter you in so many ways in our life. Give us the strength and the courage to engage with you. Speak into our lives, into our hearts, and transform us from the inside out. Give us the courage to embody our faith, to express it in the world around us. Help us to heed your call. It's in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that we pray and everyone said,